It's time to grab some grub in Seattle. The Seahawks getting their man as the new offensive coordinator and bringing it back to the Pacific Northwest. We're going to be breaking down the hire on a special Saturday bonus edition of Locked on Seahawks. You are locked on Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad to be joined here for this bonus Saturday morning episode by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to all the 12s out there, whether you're listening from Snoqualmie, Washington, or if you're over in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Might not be in the best mood today, but we appreciate each and every one of you making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. The Seahawks have a new offensive coordinator. It's the name that we have thrown around the most in this hiring cycle. A familiar face, coached the last two seasons as the offensive coordinator at Washington. Ryan Grubb is coming to Seattle. And apparently, according to the sleuths out there, if you saw the pictures on social media, uh, apparently this decision was being finalized over some Grubb at Dino's Pub in Renton. And one of my favorite places in Renton to go to. But obviously, uh, that was some great sleuth work by a couple of diehard sports fans that just happened to be at the pub while Mike McDonald, John Schneider, Ryan Grubb were there chatting things out. But it looks like we could have a hiring as early as today. Maybe it'll be Sunday or Monday officially. But Ryan Grubb is going to be coming back to Seattle as the new offensive coordinator. And Rob, we've discussed at length why Ryan Grubb was an intriguing candidate, but we're going to revisit why the Seahawks clearly viewed him as the front runner throughout this entire process. The entire time, there were other names that cropped up, but it kept coming back to Ryan Grubb. And it makes a lot of sense. He obviously knows the area. You're bringing in a coach that is going to know all these college players because of his journey through Washington and Fresno State before that. So it kind of gives you an inherent scouting advantage to an extent because you're bringing in a guy that's very familiar with a very talented Pac-12, played in the playoff as well, so clearly knows Michigan's players, had to game plan for their defensive players, knows their offensive guys as well. So that is a built-in advantage here. But at the end of the day, you look back at the statement for Mike McDonald, he was looking for somebody that had, was open-minded, that had a growth aspect, that wanted to be in the area, could connect with players. I know Ryan Grubb has never been an offensive coordinator in the NFL, but he checks off every one of those boxes, and Mike McDonald made it clear that Phil play caller was not at the top of their list, and this hire indicates that he wasn't just dishing out coach speak last Thursday. Yeah, exactly. As you said, uh, he said he suggested that um, that play calling experience was not going to be at the top of the list. When you look at Ryan Grubb, I mean, he's only been a play caller two years at the college level. Of course, never been in the NFL. But at the same time, the the dynamic offense that he helped create at Washington. You mentioned Fresno State. You go back to the NIA days um, when they won a couple of titles. He and Kalen DeBoer. Uh, you know, the Ryan Grubb's track record Corbin is as exciting as any play caller in all of the NFL coaching cycle this year, including some former 
uh, NFL head coaches. So I applaud the the boldness of, of this move. Now it is not without risk, of course. Again, you're talking about a guy that that doesn't have that NFL experience. But you pointed out a couple of things that I think that we really need to kind of uh, unpack a little bit here. And one of them just being the the ready-made scouting reports that Ryan Grubb is going to be able to provide the Seahawks. You know, the reality is is that uh, you know these young players today are very different than the the 25 to 30 year old NFL veterans that are out there. Um, And I think it's, I think that some of the reason why Pete Carroll and John Schneider had their great success all those years ago was because when Pete Carroll was hired from USC, he also had a different perspective on the young talent that was available. And Ryan Grubb is going to be able to do the exact same things here for the Seahawks. And Oh, by the way, I mean, the, the, just the, the, the dynamic play calling, the dynamic scheme design um, that Ryan Grubb showed, especially here these last couple of years, the University of Washington. It's only a couple of years ago that UW was on the basically in the in the basement uh, of the Pac-12, and for them to go all the way to the national title game, obviously on the strength of their offense, their Heisman Trophy finalist quarterback, their wide receiver and Roma Donzi, who is going to be an easy first round selection, the Joe Moore Award winning offensive line uh, a running game that when called upon was absolutely dominant at times this season it really was a very diverse very multi-tiered offense that's exactly what the Seahawks need at this point so again if you were one of those Seahawks fans out there who was bemoaning the idea of a retread at the offensive coordinator position you certainly don't have that the Seahawks are swinging for the fences with these hires whether it be the head coach Mike McDonald whether it be the defensive coordinator, um, you know, Adam Dura that we talked about, uh, you know, in a previous episode. And then again, today's news that Ryan Grubb is going to be the new offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. This is a club that is looking to be dynamic, looking to take the NFL by storm. John Schneider and the front office has done such a great job of being patient throughout this process. And they knew what they wanted. They were looking at all kinds of different candidates for these positions chip kelly for example they kicked the tires on some guys that had nfl play calling experience but at the end of the day the words again that mike mcdonald said on his thursday introductory press conference a few weeks ago have rung true they wanted somebody that was going to be able to have that open-mindedness which you look at the resume for ryan crubb that might be the most valuable thing that he is going to bring with you to seattle this is a guy who has had different style offenses when he was at Sioux Falls and he was the offensive coordinator for the last three years after Kalen DeBoer left to go to Southern Illinois. That was more of a pro style under center offense. And they had one of the most uh, dominant rushing attacks in all the NAIA level. When he goes to Eastern Michigan, he he wasn't an offensive coordinator, but he had a top 10 offensive line at Eastern Michigan in terms of fewest sacks given up the last year he was there. And he had two guys drafted at Eastern Michigan. That is not a Mecca for NFL talent. There's been a few good players, Max Crosby, for example, but that is not a school that kicks out a lot of NFL prospects. Fresno State, they had multiple seasons in the top 10 for that. They were a top 25 passing offense in every season. He was the offensive coordinator there. And then at Washington, yeah, this was a pass-heavy offense. They were in the top three in the nation the last two years in passing, but They had a running back with over 1,100 yards and averaging over five yards per carry this past season. They maximized using motion. 
They do a great job of mixing in screens. So if you needed a guy that's going to fix your screen game, not that it was terrible for the Seahawks last year, but Ryan Grubb is outstanding at not just running screens to pick up yardage, but using him to set up shot plays. And also, Washington was number one in third down efficiency in 2022. They were in the top four this year. So they sustain drives. They move the chains. There's just a lot to be excited about here. They, they are going to have a coach that's got that growth mindset. He's clearly demonstrated that he's been an O-line coach. He's been a run game coordinator. He's been a quarterback coach. He has been an offensive coordinator. I mean, the guy has done everything at the college level. It was time for him to take on a challenge like this. And as you said, this is not a safe hire. Nothing in this cycle has been a safe hire for the Seattle Seahawks. Mike McDonald, no coaching, head coaching experience at any level. Ryan Grubb, no offensive coordinator experience. Adam Durde, no defensive coordinator experience. I mean, they truly are swinging for the fences. And if they miss, uh, this has a chance to blow up in their faces. But at the same time, if you are going to go outside the box and you are going to bring in high upside candidates, all three of these coaches are at the very top of the list. And that's what John Schneider was looking for here. He wasn't looking for status quo. Now, we got to see this group get together and start getting to work. But but certainly, this is a hire that I think offers a lot of excitement. You're talking about a guy that can connect with players. We saw that at Washington. He connects with media. He is beloved by the media for what he did at Washington and just the way that he carries himself. So I, I just think all the way around, this is an exciting hire. We'll see what ends up happening. Maybe it won't pay it out, but... Uh, this is one of those risky gambles, if you want to call it, that is well worth the risk when you look at the ceiling that Ryan Grubb offers you. Oh, exactly. And that's one of the things that we talk so much about when we, with how uh, excited we were with the, the hiring of, say, Mike McDonald as the head coach. And we talked about how, you know, in McDonald's defense, he basically schemed opportunities for his defensive players to make big plays. And we we kind of focused in there on at least I focused in there on the on the safety, Geno Stone, who had just an absolutely breakout campaign. But I would argue the same thing was true with the linebacker, Patrick Queen, the defensive Lyman, Justin Matabuke, Jadavion Clowney being other examples. The same thing here with Ryan Grubb. As you pointed out, the the offensive um the, excuse me, the running game was the dominant factor for some of Grubb's success in prior stops to Washington. He completely adapted. He and DeBoer, certainly Kalen DeBoer deserves some credit as well, but they completely changed their strategy when they came to Montlake and recognized that they've got a, a superstar quarterback and three wide receivers, as well as a couple of tight ends who are going to wind up getting themselves drafted. And so change what and how you are calling plays to to recognize what makes your team so good and that was one of the, again the, the the press conference anecdotes that Mike McDonald said is that he doesn't yet know what makes the Seahawks good he doesn't know what they do well yet Ryan Grubb is going to figure out what helps what the Seahawks do well. Um, and, of course, a big part of that is the, the two-time Pro Bowl quarterback, the, the dynamic talent that they have at wide receiver. That's why I think, again, this is the perfect marriage between a, a Seahawks team that wants to be physical, and Washington was physical a year ago, but also were absolutely explosive in the passing game as well. And so, again, I applaud the Seahawks for just the courage of making these uh, hires, and I do believe that the Seahawks are going to be enjoying a lot more wins moving forward because of them. Three days ago, 
We saw Ryan Grubb tell an audience down in Tuscaloosa that he was going to be Alabama's offensive coordinator. Three days later, uh, that's not going to be the case. Won't even coach a game in Tuscaloosa. It's odd, kind of ironic, that he's doing to Kalen DeBoer what Kalen DeBoer did to Washington fans. That's kind of the way karma works, I guess. But he is a Seattle guy now. He wanted to be here. The Seahawks wanted him. They just had to slow play this and make sure that they could put all their ducks in a row and, and make sure they could persuade him to take this position. And now that looks to be the case. With Ryan Grubb coming on board, how are things going to shake out on offense roster-wise for the Seahawks? We're going to look at which players are under contract, which players are heading towards free agency, who could be the big winners with Ryan Grubb, and maybe who should be looking over their shoulders as well with the new offensive coordinator hire. We'll get to that up next year on this bonus episode of Locked On Seahawks. Why root for your team on an empty stomach? That's a game day travesty that ensures you won't be cheering at your very best. Order on DoorDash and save on football watch party favorites during the Super Bowl. Right now, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Downloading the DoorDash app and entering the code LOCK23. When I'm kicking back and watching the game tomorrow with friends and family, there's going to be some Jet City Pizza, my favorite gluten-free pizza place in the Seattle region with a two-liter root beer and cinnamon sticks for the rest of the party. DoorDash makes the process so easy. I don't have to leave the comfort of my couch. I don't have to miss the great game. I don't have to miss the commercials. I've got great tasting food before and after kickoff. If you're ready to satisfy your taste buds on game day, quench those cravings with your favorite local restaurants via DoorDash. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Downloading the DoorDash app and entering the code LOCK23. Subject to change. Terms apply. This bonus episode is also brought your way by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the corner next for you? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. Take, for example, the 2024 Nissan Rogue. It's perfect for city drives and great escapes. And it's got the built-in Google Assistant, Google Maps, Google Play Store, and its 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. And the 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. Or you could try out the 2024 Nissan Armada that will change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Picture a 4x4 that can seat up to 8 in first-class luxury and style. Now you can tow bigger and explore further in the 2024 Armada. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. You're listening to a bonus Saturday edition of Locked On Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to all the 12s out there that are tuning in early on this Saturday morning. Didn't do the bonus episode last night because the news of Ryan Grubb's hiring happened a little bit late. And ironically, Rob, I was out running again. This just seems to be, I don't know what it is. I didn't even purposely do it this time. The last time I was like, oh, I'm going to run and see if somebody gets hired. I was running in heavy snow in Colorado last night, and they come back and, oh, by the way, Ryan Grubb is going to be the offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. So it just never fails. Now that Ryan Grubb is coming back to Seattle, never having coached a game in Tuscaloosa with the Crimson Tide, the next question shifts away from who's going to be the play caller to how is the roster going to be impacted by this new play caller? And Let's first, Rob, look at who is currently under contract for the Seattle Seahawks on offense. And at the skill positions, the Seahawks are in really good shape. Geno Smith does have 
that deadline coming up next week for his base salary. I expect that the Seahawks are going to pick that up, or at the very least, they are going to do some kind of a restructure. I expect Geno Smith is going to be on this roster. You've got Ken Walker the third with two years left in his rookie deal. Metcalf and Lockett are in the middle of massive extensions they signed. Jackson Smith and Jigba's got three years left on his rookie deal. And then Will Disley, final year, his contract. Charles Cross, Abraham Lucas at the tackle positions. So really, they've got a lot of their starting lineup, at least in the skill positions, under contract. That doesn't necessarily mean, though, that there might not be a change or two coming either. Yeah, exactly. I think that there very possibly will be some changes here on the players that are listed there. And again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see these names. But if you're not, then I'll quickly rattle them off. Geno Smith, Ken Walker, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, tight end Will Disley, Charles Cross, and Abraham Lucas at the tackle positions. You know, Corbin, as we've talked about in the past, Tyler Lockett is due a huge salary increase. Will Disley is paid as if he produces among the elite tight ends in all of the NFL. Those would be two players that are currently uh, under contract for the Seahawks in 2024 that I would not be surprised at all if there is some type of massaging of the salary cap, perhaps an extension, perhaps even players getting cut, perhaps even trades that, that might take place here with the Seahawks with the players that are on that list right now. And as you mentioned, Geno Smith, of course, is due a roster bonus here in just about another week or so. And so the Seahawks have a big decision uh, to make at, at this point, the quarterback position. But I think one of the things that we've got to address here first and foremost is again at the quarterback position there's an awful lot of Seahawks fans out there who think that the Seahawks could use an upgrade at the quarterback position sure it could happen but I think that Ryan Grubb part of the reason why he was lured from Tuscaloosa back to Seattle is I think the relative comfort that he could see in Geno Smith again a two-time Pro Bowl quarterback each of the last two seasons and one who has the accuracy down the field very similar ironically to what Michael Penix Jr. showed uh at the University of Washington and becoming a Heisman Trophy finalist a year ago. So I do, I agree with you. I think that Geno Smith is probably safer at this point as a member of the Seahawks than he would have been if uh, Seattle had gone a completely different direction at the offensive coordinator spot. When you look at what Ryan Grubb's offense has been at Fresno State and at Washington, when he had Jake Hayner, former Washington quarterback at Fresno State, one of the things that's really stood out to me watching his offense, the quarterbacks have been incredibly accurate. And some of that has been the scheme setting things up for his quarterback, but also they're taking their shots downfield. Washington took as many shots as any team in the country downfield, and they were arguably the best in the entire nation at it. And that's one of the big reasons that they made it all the way to the national championship game. And if Michael Penix Jr. doesn't miss a couple of downfield throws, we might be having a much different discussion about national champion Ryan Grubb. There were some plays that were schemed up there that they missed opportunities on. But your point is 100% correct here, my friend. Geno Smith checks off the boxes as far as the quarterbacks that Ryan Grubb has had success with. He is extremely accurate. He's only a year removed from being number one in the league in completion rate. Last two years, he has been in the top three for big-time throws, according to Pro Football Focus. He is one of the best deep ball throwers in the league. He knows how to get the ball downfield. Those things check off the box for Ryan Grubby. Also, even though he is not necessarily a dual-threat quarterback, he's mobile enough that he can make some plays with his legs. He can extend plays. We saw him do that masterfully late in the season. So I think Geno Smith is in 
good shape, as you said, maybe safer now than what he was with some of the other candidates that were out there. I think Ryan Grubb's going to be excited to work with him, at least in the short term. They could still very easily draft a quarterback for Grubb to be able to develop. But you mentioned Tyler Lockett and Will Disley. I think in the case of Lockett, his skill set is going to fit in really well with Ryan Grubb's offense. And I think Grubb is going to be telling John Schneider, maybe he was telling him at Dino's last night, hey, I'm looking forward to working with all three of these receivers. It's a trifecta similar to what I had at Washington. So give me an opportunity to coach these guys. Will Disley's the one that I'm wondering about fit. And I know he's also a Washington guy, but I just don't know that that's the style tight end that is going to mesh with Ryan Grubb's offense. Now, maybe Ryan Grubb is going to make some adjustments as he's done and and find ways to get Will Disley involved as a pass catcher more. But I just don't know at that price point that that is going to be a player that is necessarily on safe ground with this hire. And I also think when you look at the free agents, Rob, Colby Parkinson and Noah Fant, they fit the mold of the style tight ends that Ryan Grubb has had success with much more than Will Disley at the college level. In particular, I am intrigued by Colby Parkinson, who I could see being the Jack Westover of this Seahawks offense. Maybe Noah Fant could fit that mold as well with his athleticism. He's maybe going to be a little more expensive to re-sign, but I think that the chances of one or both those guys coming back actually go up with this hire because Washington did use their tight ends quite a bit in the passing game. Oh, they absolutely did. And I love the fact that you mentioned Jack Westover. I mean, he was a guy that was a dynamic athlete and became a very instinctive football player as well, despite not having a great deal of experience playing the game, had focused in on basketball earlier in his prep career. You know, of course, that's similar to Kobe Parkinson in that, you know, he was in, uh, I believe it was volleyball, uh, you know, early on in his prep career before making that transition, but initially played at wide receiver at Stanford. And you, you see the flash of, uh, of straight line speed and certainly size um, and natural hands, um, you know, and, and then Noah Fant, in terms of his straight line speed, he actually reminds me a little bit of Washington's quote unquote other tight end, Devin Culp, who again, I, I expect Devin Culp to possibly get drafted as well, just because of the unique skill set that he provides. So tight end, I think is going to be a fascinating position to kind of watch the Seahawks strategy moving forward. I want to focus in on the interior of the offensive line, however, again, those of you who are watching on YouTube can already see the players that are Seahawks offensive free agents, but I'll list them real quick. Quarterback Drew Locke, running back DJ Dallas, the three interior starters along the offensive line, at least for part of the, part of the season, Damian Lewis, Phil Haynes at the other guard spot, and then Evan Brown, uh, as long as, as well as those tight ends. To me, the interior of the offensive line really is a conversation that the Seahawks are going to have to be focused in on. This is a quality offensive line class. Uh, as I mentioned before, there's some there's some Huskies out there that uh, Ryan Grubb is going to possibly be very interested in reuniting with Troy Fautanu. The Morris Trophy Award winner would make an awful lot of sense at number 16 overall. I would argue even more sense than the quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., at number 16 overall for the for the Seahawks if they wanted to go with a UW kind of flavor in, in this draft. That, to me, is something that the Husky, or the excuse me, the Seahawks are going to have to shore up. If they are going to have the success that Ryan Grubb is used to, then they have to be able to block the interior first. Otherwise, this is all for naught. This goes back to what I mentioned in the first segment here on this episode, though. Ryan Grubb is coming from the Pac-12. The Pac-12 had some outstanding offensive linemen. And obviously, 
Ryan Grubb is not game planning for other teams' offenses, but he knows the players on the other side of the ball. He knows players like Jackson Powers Johnson at Oregon, and he has had an opportunity to play against those guys in rivalry games. So I think that that only increases the odds. That first-round pick is going to go on one of these Pac-12 offensive linemen. There are at least, on my list, three of them that could play in the interior for the Seahawks that have first-round grades that could be available there at number 16. They all came from the Pac-12 conference where Ryan Grubb is so familiar with these guys. And so it goes back to that. I don't think that that was one of the big selling points for hiring him, but it's a nice cherry on top. And so I think that all those players could make some sense. And, and I'll also say this. I think that Olu Oluwatimi is one of the big winners with this hire. I think that you're looking at a coach in Ryan Grubb in his track record, his background, Eastern Michigan having a couple NFL players on that offensive line. Fresno State kicked out several NFL players that got drafted from the offensive line. What he did at Washington the last two years, they were number one in fewest sacks allowed in 2022. I mean, the work that he has done, some of it's scheme, but he also was just excellent at coaching pass protection with that O-line background. I think Ola Timmy, all that experience that he had playing at a college level, what he did at Michigan – his football savvy, the communicator that he is, I think that's going to be one of the players that Ryan Grubb is really excited to give the opportunity to be a starter for the first time. So not saying that Evan Brown won't be back. Maybe he's a guy that ends up being a guard for the Seahawks. Maybe they bring him back for cheap as a veteran mentor. But I think Timmy is one of the big winners here. No, I think that's an excellent point. Um, again, this is a solid offensive line class. It's not an elite one. Um, the Seahawks drafted Olawa Timmy last year. I, I argued la that last year was one of the best center classes I'd ever seen. I've been doing this for 25 years now. So I, I do think that there are some really intriguing tackle to guard converts that would make some sense. We mentioned Troy Fautanu. I've mentioned uh, Taliesi Fuaga from Oregon State. I'm sure he is one of the three offensive linemen from the Pac-12 that you were referencing there, along with Jackson Powers Johnson, who was a star at center for Oregon this past season, but has some guard experience as well. Any one of those three would make an awful lot of sense because Damian Lewis is a good football player, but at the same time, he's also going to be looking to get paid in free agency. I don't know that the Seahawks are going to be willing to do that. They could get cheaper uh, and, and younger, of course, um, in the uh, in, in via the NFL draft here. And I do think that that is, as you said, a, a nice little cherry on top um, that Ryan Grubb was able to provide the Seahawks. And I think he'll also be excited about the opportunity to coach Anthony Bradford. Both of the guys that are going to be second-year offensive linemen that are good athletes for the position. They have the ability to run block. And there's going to be some work there. But maybe this is a great way to end the show here. You've got Ola Timmy. you got Bradford. Who knows if Damian Lewis is going to be back. Whatever happens to that offensive line, it looks like Scott Huff is going to be tag-teaming here and coming as a tandem with – Ryan Grubb, and he was the offensive line coach for Washington the last couple of years. Previously was at Boise State, played at Boise State. This guy is an outstanding offensive yeah. line coach. So that was maybe the most exciting thing for me, getting that news coming back from the run last night, that Scott Huff is also going to be joining. No other, no other coaches from Alabama are going to be coming back to Washington, but that is a huge one. Get him a blue chipper to work with in that first round with a really top-heavy offensive line draft. And I think it has a chance to be a home run for the Seahawks. So all around, this is exactly how Seahawks fans should have been envisioning this hiring process to play out. Now we got to see if it ends up paying dividends on the field, and we'll get a chance to start seeing how this offense is going to look under Ryan Grubb. 
once we get to OTAs, minicamp, and eventually training camp in August. And by that point, we'll have a much better idea what the personnel looks like as well. As always, you can follow me on X and Threads at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Rob at Rob Rang. Make sure to subscribe and follow Locked on Seahawks on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. We'll be back on Monday. We'll have our mailbag. There may be a few more additions to Seahawks coaching staff. We'll be having a deeper dive into Ryan Grubb's arrival in Seattle with the Seahawks and much more. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl with friends and family. Go Hawks.